Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, finally, it's happening. The episode all about your pets, their energy, all the lessons they teach us, how they communicate both living and those who've passed, how you're probably already communicating with your animals. Let me tell you something. Reading pets, reading animal energy has taught me so much, so many lessons. They are the wisest creatures, truly a bridge to the other side. We all know this, but I'm really going to explain it and hash it out in today's episode. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so I I know that you read dog's energy, cat's energy, horse's energy. I do. This is all true, right? Yeah. Okay, you're able to read them. Yeah. It's a little strange to me. Okay, no animals ever talk to me. None of them. Well, they don't talk. Yeah. They, they give images and feelings and emotions. I'm going to talk about that. Okay. But I've been hearing some rumors lately. Okay. The rumors are that you've been talking to other animals. Now, in my red brain, I could accept that you energetically speak to dogs. I could energetically accept that you speak to cats and horses. But, you know, Brie came home the other day and she told me, <laughs> okay, I can't even believe I'm saying this, that you're talking to the squirrels. So you and Brie, my eldest, who's 13 now, you both have this red aura. So you're just inherent skeptics. Right. But I've been talking to squirrels and like this has been going on for a while and I thought, okay, maybe it's just the backyard squirrels because they know me and I realized if you meow at them like a cat, they like love it. And and they, they talk to me, and I don't feed them, okay? I'm not, like, plying them with anything. I am just talking to them, making connections. But, no, but this solidified it, and Bree was with me. We were in the parking lot of her doctor's office, and a squirrel talked to me back. Okay, hold on. It was weird. Okay, you know the mission statement of this <laughs> podcast is to make the paranormal normal. Yeah. Okay, so... Did you have a full-on conversation with this squirrel? It is n- very normal to communicate with animals. We all do it. If you have a dog or a cat or any pet, you're talking to it. You know you are. You communicate energetically. Animals have a universal language. It's called energy. And I don't use words. I just try to step into their energy and connect. And they and you can feel it when they step back into your energy and try to connect back. You can feel that. And me and this squirrel in the parking lot were doing it. And Brie was actually really freaked out because she didn't want to admit that I'm a squirrel talker. But but after seeing me and this squirrel who was like on a tree and it came down and it was literally like we weren't that far away. Now, I would never touch a wild animal, nothing like that. And actually, I I cut the communication off because I was afraid it was going to like jump on me or something because I was like, no, we don't want physical contact. And no, it didn't have rabies. Okay, everyone's like, does it have rabies? Are you like, crazy? Okay. It was a regular squirrel doing its regular things. Totally fine. And even she was like, okay, fine. There's All something right. to this. All right. If the people could see my face right now. <laughs> I'm a squirrel talker. All right. I mean, it, but is this like an act? Like, what do you have in common with a squirrel? Like, do, what are you guys like? How, what are you doing this weekend? What, what do you it's say? Just what, the what do you guys energy. talk about? Like, just with any animals, like, you step into their energy and you you... It's, they're often surprised when you can do it. So if you can step in, the, your domesticated pets are not surprised when you can do it. Okay. But like when you meet a new animal, they you'll feel them kind of be like, oh, you're, 
you're talking to me. How are you doing this? Like you'll feel them kind of like, oh, hello. You're not just like the other humans that just walk by or don't connect because a lot of people don't take the time to step into the energy that's around us all the time. So if you can do that with another animal, you'll feel them being like, oh, hey, okay, hey, you're here. All right. You'll feel that. (laughs) Some people know what I'm saying. Not everyone thinks I'm crazy right now. All right. (laughs) You know, so like, do they start, like, do these squirrels like start telling you like their problems, family history? Like, hey, you know, I was (laughs) shot out last week by a couple hunters. You know, mom, we lost her. Car accident. (laughs) You know, dad's in the rehab center. Someone brought him in. (laughs) The squirrel problem? Yeah, squirrel problem. South Florida squirrel. And then I have a... A theory, though, that the South Florida squirrels, like this is a working oh my theory, gosh. Oh my gosh. that there, there are different, and okay, some green person's going to know this better than me. Are there different species of squirrels in different areas of the country? Which I think there are, because I remember the squirrels in Buffalo, New York being like fluffier and kind of more hardier looking and, and, and way less friendly. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> way well, okay, less. Yes. I agree with that. And I will say that the squirrels in South Florida are very, very friendly. They're a little scrappier looking yeah. and they're a little like overly friendly, which is very South, both South Florida yeah. characteristics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They do do weird. So it could be a South Florida. It might be easier to talk so, to the South Florida squirrels. Right. The, the, like the buffalo squirrels are more standoff. They're like, I don't think so. They enjoy like, the bills. Yeah. They're like, I don't know you. They're hard, yeah. They're hard to make friends with. They, they get a lot of work to do because winter's like yeah, 10 months. Right. So they're like constantly like getting their food. And where the South Florida squirrels are like, whatever, man, we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little more laid back. All right. Well, I made a list of some other animals to see if you talk to them too, okay. to see, you know, where we're at here. And then I have to reevaluate a lot of things. <laughs> what about like reptiles, like frogs, snakes, lizards? Yeah, I Do you talk, talk to them? I don't talk to them. No, there's, there's, you're not going there? And here's or? the thing. I love them. I respect them. There's a place for them. But you know the rule is I don't let animals in the house that don't have fur or feathers. Okay. So, so just, they're not for me. So, But they, I don't know. I can't connect to those. Maybe some psychics can. I can't. And listen, a lot of people have lizards and snakes as pets. They love their snakes. They love their lizards. That's great. I just don't connect to them. They have like a different kind of energy set than than I'm okay. used to. So they don't connect as well with so, me. Okay. So the rule is no fur. No talk. <laughs> no fur, no talk. Or feathers. I can do or feathers, feathers. Okay. yeah. <laughs> all right. What about, uh, all right, so speaking of feathers, what about parrots? I love parrots. And you know, we have, there's so many parrots that need homes because, you know, these parrots live for like 70, 80 years and people don't take care of them. So they'll like give them up or whatever, which is awful because they bond to their owners and they've been taken from here. I would love a, a, re, a rehab squirrel, uh, oh my God, squirrel, a rehab parrot, like like a, adopt a parrot that somebody abandoned, but you won't let me Well, because they're big and they talk a lot, but yeah. like I connect to those. I connect to parrots. I want one so bad. I want like a big parrot that needs a home, and where, but you won't let me. I don't, I know this is us? what I hear. Okay. Where are we keeping it? Okay. A top of Norman's cage? Well, no, they, they like, you put a perch in the room and they oh. just sit on their perch. Okay. And then, you know, you have to interact with them a lot. And then it would sit on my shoulder while I cooked. All right. I, now, <laughs> I can get behind you talking to parrots a little bit more than the, the squirrels. They talk back. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, sloths? Can you talk to a sloth? They move very slow. I've never tried. When you talk to them, do they talk very slowly? I'm sure a lot of people that work with these types of animals have these experiences. You know, the difference between, I just want to mention this, 
Um, and I'm going to talk about this as I go into my, my, I guess my talk later when I get more concentrated about these things. Um, you can't, we can't, when we talk to animals, we can't impart ourselves on them. They have their own personalities and their own energy. And I think the number one mistake we make as people is putting like human characteristics on animals. You know, oh, I should, I wanted to talk about this because this was a big, this is when I learned about animal energy. I was 18 and I worked at the Niagara Falls Aquarium and I don't know why they did this. It seems like it would be super illegal or like a liability, but they had me in charge of cleaning out the sea lion, the, the sea lion, um, I enclosure. Don't know, enclosure. Thank you. And there were six of them and there, I don't know if you've ever been around sea lions. That's a lot of cleaning. It was very gross, but it was huge. <laughs> like they are huge. Like sea lions are big. And to give you an example, like they're like, German shepherd, they look like German shepherd teeth and they're, but they're like, I don't know, maybe four or five times the size of a German shepherd. Like they're big and they are very agile and they, they bark and you come in, they're like, they think you have food. So they, it's very scary. And what I learned, and it was weird because a lot of the people working there would put all their own personality characteristics on the sea lions. And what I real and I was only 18, so I didn't have the words for it at the time, but there was a disconnect. They're like, oh, you know, they all had names and stuff. They were like, oh, you know, Susie, look, she's such a mom and da, 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 da. And I was watching it. I'm like, Susie just does whatever she thinks she needs to do to get your flipping fish. She, Susie doesn't care about, she's not nurturing. She's not, she's Susie. Like she's not even Susie. She's a sea lion. She's her own entity, but they were constantly putting things on these sea lions and then constantly talking about them like they were people or pets. And it really upset me because they were wild. They were wild animals living in a very not so awesome enclosure. And I couldn't do it anymore. Like I tapped out of the job. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Also, it was really freaky going into their enclosure alone with a mop and a bleach bucket. And they would all like, yeah. like come around me and I'm like, okay guys, okay. This is really <laughs> stressful. Um, and I, I wasn't into it at all and because they just wanted fish from me. Anyways, that's when I, I, looking back, I was like, oh, wait a second. I didn't understand it at the time, but their energy is valuable on their own, not what we think it is or what humans tend to put on it. And I think if there was more understanding of animals having their own place in this world, there'd be more actual respect for it, but it's hard for humans not to stick their ego on everything. I don't know, random, but they- no, no, that makes sense. I yeah. mean, I, I see that. I mean, some, once in a while I'll watch those, uh, like national geographic, like the zoo or yes. the, the, the aquarium. And they always put their like their takes on it and it's really annoying. It's really annoying. Like if you watch those and I love that, like, yeah, uh, yeah those zoo shows, yeah. like a day at the zoo. And then listen, these are lovely people caretaking for of animals. Course, of course. All right. These are, you know, good healing kind people. They get very invested, but they're like, Oh, look at him. He's coming to say hi. It's like, no, he just like, like stop making them human in order to respect them. Like, you know, like they don't have to be human to be respected. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it bothered me so much. I had to quit the right. job. All right. Well, I have a few more animals okay, here. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I went I just, off. I went yeah, off. Yeah, no, that's fine. The sloth thing just got me. Yes. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay. And I just, you know, have you talked, I want to just want to know, have you talked to these animals and, you know, kind of doing like a little test on my own now, my red oh. test on you. So let's see if, if you pass But it. make sure I'm sane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever talked to the pleasing fungus beetle? 
What's that? A pleasing uh, fungus a beetle? Pleasing, yeah, not the fungus beetle, the pleasing fungus Does it beetle. have a blue aura? It's, it's blue indigo. Yeah, it's blue yeah. to go. It's blue to go. Blue to go. Okay. So yes or no to that? No. Okay, good. Okay. I don't really, I don't know about bugs. Okay. Okay, so my next one was the raspberry crazy ant. No, thank you. Got a red aura. <laughs> red it's aura. Really, really like a wackadoo red. <laughs> no, okay. All right. Um, what about the pink fairy armadillo? Very pink. Pink. Pinkora. Pink, yeah, pinkora. That one sounds cute. That one. Okay, so you might have talked to one uh, of those. Yeah, I could do that. Have you talked to the screaming hairy armadillo? <laughs> the screaming hairy armadillo. The screaming hairy. It's good. I'd a, like to try. There's a screaming. There's a lot of armadillos apparently. That's a new my new nickname for you. The screaming hairy armadillo. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'd like to so try. So that's a no to that one. No, oh, I don't no. know what okay, that fine. is. All right. Uh, what about the specific, uh, Pacific spiny lump sucker? No. You've never talked to one what of those? What is that? It's like, it's like a lump sucker in the What's Pacific a lump Ocean. Sucker? Is that a fish? I think it's a fish. Uh, I love the, when you Google. Yeah. <laughs> the chicken turtle? Yellow? Maybe yellow yellow in color? I don't know why they call it the chicken turtle. Okay, no. Have you talked, oh, you don't talk to the reptiles, reptiles aren't my thing. All right. Well, I have a lot to think about mm-hmm. after that segment. We're going to take a little break. I need a little dad grass. Uh, When we come back, we have the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Pets, and you're going to read some of them. Yes, I'm going to read some of them. Hey, Scotty. Hey, man. Here's a great pairing, a casual toke with some good friends. And maybe some backyard squirrels. (laughs) You want to know another amazing collaboration? Sure do. Is it with parrots? Sure, but also Dadgrass and George Harrison. Don't let me down. Their new CBD and CBG blend and accessories pays tribute to what George did best, blending peace and party in perfect balance. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Chill out without getting stoned. It's like having a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. And Dadgrass knows you can get by with a little hemp from a friend. They've partnered with the George Harrison Estate to create a new CBD and CBG blend and accessories called All Things Must Grass, which pays tribute to the man who always let the good times roll. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 21 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash KYA. Go to dadgrass.com slash KYA for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey guys, all right, we're back. Well, f- first of all, there is a few. There are a few squirrels <laughs> that are at our window. Now I don't know. Have you been talking to them? They on follow the break? me now. No, honestly, the backyard squirrels know me, and I know them. I have names for them. One doesn't have an eye. His yeah, name's one eye. Lefty. Lefty. Oh, Lefty. Right. Lefty. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well, they're they're starting to come. There's more and more of them. You know, <laughs> they talk to each other. You're, you're like setting out like a beacon or something. They're all coming. All right. We put up on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page on Facebook, on Facebook a post that we wanted to see your pets. And you were going to select a few that spoke to you. Well, we've had over, I think, 2,000 entries, which is strange because I only thought about seven people listened to the podcast. <laughs> so now I'm a little nervous that so many people do. Um, anyway, so you're going to pick a few of these. Now, of course, with being so many, we can't get to all of them. We wish we could get to every single one of these amazing animals. 
But just looking at them all is amazing in itself, right? If you just scroll through if all these animals, a bad day, yeah, yeah. like ever, or just you feel like it, go to this thread and just scroll through and read about all the Mystic Michaela spiritual family pets. Also, I'm saving. I save a couple of our threads on the Facebook page to like take for content for future episodes. So just because it wasn't, there's always a chance. Like I'll try. This was the most impossible thing to do. These animals, every single one of them are just so amazing. Let's start with Kelsey's dog, Rascal. And I'll put these pictures up on the page, like the ones that, um, that I picked. All right. So Rascal, she's 11 years old and is a rescue from the big island of Hawaii. We believe she had a rough life as a stray dog before we were lucky enough to adopt her from a shelter. She's been having some health issues lately, which have been devastating. So looking at Rascal, first thing I get is she's very intelligent. She talks very easily. When I say talk, and I'll explain this coming up in the more detailed section of how animals speak, which is right after this, I mean that she focuses intently and sends a lot of message immediately. She takes care of everybody. And I really get this thing that you guys, that Kelsey's family has given her purpose. She likes to be in charge. She has a bit of an alpha energy. Alpha means like very calm, motherly, nurturing. Her job is to watch. There must be kids because her job is to watch children. I get in her old life. Now, dogs don't hold on to, they hold on to behaviors from trauma, but not trauma itself. Okay. So I do get that she understands that her life before was really sad. I feel like there was some little boy and she had to take care of him and couldn't. So there was something really sad from her past life. Like, I wonder if there was an abusive situation with children too. And she was in charge of taking care of children or giving, it actually really is sad and gives me a lot of uh, sadness. Dogs don't get sad about these things. They just say it like it is in a very stoic and no nonsense way. But coming to this family, Kelsey's family, and being able to feel successful at her job of taking care of everybody has given her such a lovely purpose. I know she. you said she's going through some health stuff. I get a little, my tummy's a little funny. I'm like aches and pains, probably just her big, you know, she's a big dog. She's older. She's got a great will to live though. I mean, this dog doesn't from right now, from what I get from her, she doesn't want to go anywhere. So she might have a little old lady problems, but she feels like she has a very strong motivation for life. Okay. And you get all that from that picture. Yeah. If I was doing this pet reading, <laughs> I would say that she wants to bite me. <laughs> no, she, well, so you're getting kind of like, she's an assertive energy. Yeah. Maybe that she is, okay. but she would not, but she's discerning. Okay. You know, like if anybody went to hurt somebody of hers, they'd get the growl and the look and the energy, but she's discerning. Like if she knows who's an issue and who, who's not. She's a smart dog. Okay. She feels like she's also a type of dog. Like you don't need to put her on a leash. Like, you know, some dogs you don't need to, even though you have to. Okay. Mm. The next one I picked was Lisa's cats. Lisa's cats. She says, my twin boys that I rescued, Nugget on the left, <laughs> Chunky on the right. I can't. They're so funny. If you look closely, Chunky's tail is around Nugget. Okay. When I look at them immediately, uh, the one kind of more in front, Chunky, I think. Nugget's the one with like the funny ear, I think. And Chunky is, okay, Chunky is a bigger talker, meaning Chunky's in charge. Chunky's in charge of Nugget. Chunky is very much the talker here. Tells you what's up. It's definitely, uh, cats are like this. Lisa's Chunky's pet. It's not the other way around. Um, <laughs> Nugget, I feel like, has had issues. 
nugget has, feels like a little bit of nerves, kind of doesn't always know what to do, a little bit more insecure, and Chunky just takes care of Nugget. That's, I mean, and they feel like they are inseparable and, and they probably get along really well, but Nugget feels like he's got more issues all around and it doesn't always know what to do and counts on Chunky to tell him what to do. I mean, they're, okay. they're just, they're just, I mean, they're cute. Okay. Now when I look at this picture, <laughs> I see this little squirrel's head popping out behind the tree. <laughs> have you talked to that squirrel as well? I have not. Okay. <laughs> but they do look like the, uh, sometimes with cats, I'll get this like with Chunky they look like they were street cats because they're very smart. Like I get that feeling from them, like where they know how to, I mean, they know how to survive and they've been out and they've done things before and Chunky could not, I'm sorry, Nugget could not have survived without uh, Chunky. So I feel like they take care of each other. Right. Kind of rare for cats because they're solitary. These two aren't. Okay. Next one. Oh, I wanted to pick a horse. So we have Elizabeth's horse. She writes, this is Maddie. He will be 27 years old this year, and we have been together for 20 years. He is definitely the love of my life. My husband is a close second. Okay. So <laughs> okay. I have Maddie. I mean, okay, horses are amazing. And I talk, again, I'll talk about this coming up. Maddie's energy is gentle, very much, you know, oddly, I'm getting uh, my right hip is bugging me a little bit. I don't know if Maddie has like a right hip thing going on or something because I get just kind of like just a little ache there. Maddie feels like she's extremely communicative. I do get something, and I don't know much about horses. I get something with her mouth, and I'm sure all horses nibble or communicate with their lips or something, but there's something with Maddie and the way that she's showing me like fur. I want to put my oh, I don't my muzzle on on other people or maybe oh gosh it's I feel like she communicates that way with Elizabeth like she's trying to show me like she nuzzles or does something with her muzzle I don't it's a very specific feeling I'm getting on my mouth that she's trying to show me something and I feel like it's for communication anyways I got stuck on that she's really good talker she actually understands a lot of words which is some horses can do that even better than dogs or cats like she understands language a bit and uh, she's just like a really, um, I feel like she's gentle. She's cool with new people. She's pretty friendly. She feels like the ambassador of the barn a little bit. So that's that's her. That's Maddie. Okay. I mean, I look at that picture and <laughs> I get, she's a horse. No, she feels <laughs> like, like she's really, I, don't get anything. I, th- I feel like she must, something with her muzzle. I don't know if she's like really good. Maybe she can open her own barn door maybe she's like really good figuring things out you know she just feels like she's smart that way like she understands human world and how to navigate it really well okay um okay then i had to get shannon's cat mittens oh (laughs) so cute my sweet 18 and a half year old baby girl mittens she has been with me since i was nine years old and i have no doubt she is my soulmate she's protected me from all the scary and evil spirits i used to see when i was little but too afraid to talk to anyone else about my mom always tells me that mittens doesn't quite love anyone else like she loves me so mittens even though she's 18 and a half she feels really healthy i do get something because my my uh, lower abdomen is hurting a little bit. Now cats will and animals will kind of give me pain, but they don't know why they have pain. All right. They don't like associate a reason to it. I just get pain there. It feels almost like a UTI or something like a sensitivity there. So I just wonder if there's something going on with her. I mean, she is 18 and a half. There's probably a lot of things going on with her, but still she's just showing me that is annoyance to her. Um, Very much takes care of 
Shannon. She's extremely motherly, very smart. She feels like she's with it. I get that. I, there, I wonder if there's a dog in the house or something because I feel like her being in charge of another animal who she does not consider as smart as she is and has to be told what to do. 18 and a half, but again, I get a real strong comfort with life, will to live. She feels like she's in really great shape and she just, death for her does not feel like something she's even thinking about yet. So she feels really healthy. Okay. I mean, I get a lot from that picture too. <laughs> I know Shannon says that she loves her like no one else, but I feel like Mitten loves me as well. So I'm getting <laughs> that she really loves you me. You feel that too. I feel the love. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then Danielle sent her dog Panda. My brother adopted him when he was four months old, but he's like my family surrogate dog when my brother travels. He is very high anxiety, very protective of his people. He is amazing with my two daughters and such a good and sweet dog. There are just certain people that he is very reactive to, and we aren't sure why. I would love to be able to understand him more so that we can understand his anxiety and help him. Well, when I look at Panda, I get this urge to kind of bite people. Not in an aggressive way. Dogs use uh, biting to communicate, I, I think, because like, I get that kind of feeling. Like I want to bite people. See, okay, so when I read an animal, I take on their, uh, I guess, um, impulses. So I have this impulse, I want to bite people in an attempt to get them to pay attention. This might be the type of dog that doesn't like people to leave their sight. So Panda might like everybody in the same room. Everyone doesn't like when anybody's out of sight. When a new person comes in, Panda doesn't feel secure enough to be in charge of that person too. Panda has insecure alpha energy. So I feel like this dog doesn't want, he doesn't want to be an alpha, but he feels like, oh great, you know, my owner left. Now I'm in charge of everybody. So he feels like I get from him that when he's dropped off to your house, He's like, oh, I'm in charge, you know, because his owner left. And because he's in charge, he's like, oh, gosh. It's kind of like if somebody dropped you off in the middle of an office space and was like, you're in charge. And you were like running around like, I don't know how to be a leader. And then like you're kind of like doing a lot of insecure energy and you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't do this. And then you start yelling at people or whatever. That's like Panda. Panda is an insecure alpha energy. Feels like the whole place is their job. And that's why when a new person comes in, they're like, I can't even handle this right now. I need to like get aggressive towards you. Go away. Just get out because I can't handle one more thing. That's what I get from Panda. Okay. Panda feels like he's got way too much of his job than is actually his job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get a lot from that picture too. He's super cute. <laughs> I get that Panda is a huge KYA listener. <laughs> I feel that he really enjoyed episode 121 about insecurities and things like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when Danielle is listening to KYA, Panda... Wants to listen to. Yeah, he wants to listen. So let yeah. him listen. Download every episode. Leave her, let him leave a review as well. Thank you. All right, one more, last one. Caroline, I had to do it because she her dog is saying Jumanji in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> this is my golden doodle, Mason. He's my best friend, and we absolutely have an irreplaceable bond. He's the absolute sweetest and always just wants to hold your hand. He has the silliest little quirks about him but can be very overpossessive at times. Okay, so Mason. Mason just feels like he's the dog, really. Like he's the boss, top dog, very um, particular about things, definitely... You know, I think without looking at you, Caroline, I feel like you're um, a submissive energy to him and he loves that. So he's telling you what to do all day. Problem is not everybody listens to him. So he doesn't want those people around. Like if you're not listening to Mason, he doesn't want to know you. He only wants to know you if you listen to him. 
there's only room for one boss and that's Mason. And anybody who's not like subservient to his energy, he's like, mm, gives them the kind of like the cold furry shoulder. Like, I'm not into that. Bye. Like that. So he's just, uh, <laughs> he's just kind of like the boss. He's kind of like a little moody, lovable boss, boss vibe. So he's a red. He is a red. He's blue. a red. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. He's I, like you. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> Mason has a friend dog and he wants them to play Jumanji with him. So I, <laughs> you know, I. It'd be a little tricky for dogs, but you know it can it can happen. All right, yeah, it can, it can happen. That's what I get from that picture. I think anyway. That's great. Yeah, that's what I get. <laughs> All right, all right. We have a couple ads, and oh, by the way, we now have a scurry of squirrels at our front door. A scurry, <laughs> scurry of squirrels. That's a group of squirrels. Yeah. Okay. okay. The yellows know that. Yeah, they do. They love their grammar terms. Right. A scurry of squirrels. Uh, when we come back, you're going to be talking about uh, how to communicate with your pets. Do you want to know the key to consistent good hair stays? It's using ingredients that benefit your hair. Function of Beauty makes hair care products that are 100% customizable, made for your hair, where it's at now, and where you want it to go. If you come to my house, <laughs> you walk in any bathroom, you know what you're going to see? No lie. Lots of Function of Beauty. It's everywhere. We all use it. Even Scott uses it. We all love it. It is. It. it it's just everywhere. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair now and where you want it to go. Founded by a dream team of engineers and cosmetic scientists, each Function of Beauty product is individually designed to be as unique as you are. Function of Beauty offers over 54 trillion possible formulations. Every one of them is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free, and here's how it works. First, take the quick hair quiz to build your hair profile and select five hair goals like lengthen, volumize, oil control. Does your hair get frizzy in the winter, but oily in the summer? Well, function formulations are meant to be changed when your hair needs change. Next, choose your color and fragrance or go dye in fragrance-free. Then get your freshly filled formula delivered straight to your door and prepare for good hair days ahead. Say goodbye to generic hair care for good today. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to take your hair goals quiz and you'll save 25% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 25% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to take your hair quiz and save 25% percent off your first order. Saying goodbye to high interest credit card debt is one of the first steps toward financial independence, but the interest month after month can feel like you're in a never ending hamster wheel. That's where Upstart comes in. Upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit card score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 
to $50,000 without impacting your credit score. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash KYA. That's upstart.com slash KYA to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. We really appreciate that. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash K-Y-A. Here it finally is, my episode all about pets. I love reading pets so much. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while, but you know when you want to do something and you just want it perfect (laughs) and then it gets too big in your head so you just avoid it. Well, today I'm tackling it. I'm just tackling it. I'm giving you everything I could possibly remember so that you can yourself interpret these uh, these things that I'm going to share with you and you can use them in your own life with your own pets. This is what the ep- this is what this section will look like. I'm going to tell you about what energy and animals and how that coexists and commingle. I'm going to tell you how pets communicate. And I'm gonna, then I'm going to go through specifically dogs, cats, and horses. And then I'm going to end with mediumship and how they come through on the other side and what they give me. All right, let's get into it. I, like if I didn't start, I know the aura thing was the foot I started on with this whole thing. I love auras. But honestly, I could be a pet reader as much as I could be an aura reader. Like I love reading animals. And when I... Actually, like looking at your pets, like when you have a pet and you send me a picture of your pet, that gives me, it's like a tool that I use in readings because your animals, I always say they tell on you. They really do. They're not mean about it, but they'll tell on you. And they're so honest. So animal energy, there's there's how we personify them, which means we lay our own personality characteristics or human characteristics upon our animals versus who they are, are different things. Animals are pure energy. So your cat, your dog, your horse, it's energy. They're energy. They they are very one with the universe, yet also connected to you. That makes them different than wild animals, for example, because they care about you. And so there's a bridge. They're domesticated. There's, there's a bridge. There's a, there's a psychic bond between you and your pet. And the way that your pets treat you, this is going to make some of you laugh, is, uh, or any, any animal that you meet, really, is a great indicator of how the universe is treating you. I can tell exactly how you respond to most situations by just like walking up and how a dog responds to you. So if you're really nervous, you're like, oh my gosh, or if you come off as confident, or in the do- if the dog ignores you or the dog uh, is calm with you or the dog's jumping all over you, if the dog bites you, I mean, all these things, you can really you energy it out to how every single, it's a microcosm of how the universe treats you, basically, all within the interaction of you and like a dog. And, and it sounds simple and silly, but it's not. Once you understand that how animals respond to you actually is a tiny little picture into how every single relationship opportunity, how your energy greets the universe and how it's received and reciprocated, if you can understand that, 
your animals can be amazing healing instruments for you way beyond what they already do for you. Um, when I look at a picture of a cat or a dog or your horse, a lot with the cats and the ducks because they live like in the house with you, I can tell you what's going on with you. I can tell you what's going on with your relationship. If you're in one or if you're not in one, I can tell. They tell me about, and they don't talk, by the way. They give me pictures, feelings, and emotions. So they don't obviously use words, but they speak, I guess it's more of like a, it's like my Claire sentence. It's a clear knowing. You just know it. So I can tell you if you have mom issues, I can tell you, you know, if your husband's gone too much for your liking, I can tell you if you try to be in charge, but you're really insecure about it. Like I can tell so many things about your life just from looking at your animal because they, they do, it's just truth for them and they don't judge you and they don't, they don't have opinions about it. It just is what it is. Um, I just had a reading (laughs) with a couple and they're like living together and you can tell it was like a guy and a girl and it was boyfriend, girlfriend, and they were living together and they're both like artists. So he's an artist and she's an artist and they're very like artistic. Okay. And you can tell she's struggling a little bit with being, well, the word that came up in her reading was domesticated. And I looked at their dogs together and the one dog just gave me this image of, you know, they think they think they're supposed to be doing something different than they are, meaning the dog was showing me that, the, that she was coming off very insecure because she was having a hard time letting go of her career to kind of be, she traveled a lot for her artistry. So she had to stay home with her boyfriend more. And you could tell if she was like stressed out about it. Now, she didn't know this herself, but the dog told me. So I was picking up like a lot of like, you know, maybe do you, is it hard for you to feel like you're in love because it's like holding you back from like, you know, you don't think you can be in love and the level of artist you want to be. And that was what was going on with her. But the dog was showing me that the dog was showing me that big time. The other things were showing me that too, but the dog was like straight up because that's how they are. They're very direct with their energy. They're just like, oh yeah, she's domesticated and insecure about it. Like he, he just showed me that. And This happens all the time. This is why I'll ask you for your pet pictures because they just kind of give it to me straight. They're very honest. Animals are extremely honest. They're just, there is just, like I said, it is what it is, but they don't pity. They don't self-pity and they don't pity you. Pity in the animal world is weakness. I can't tell you how many times, well, actually, I'll tell you, I had, um, uh, oh my gosh, this one woman, I mean, her her dog was her child okay and and that's her dog was her world her dog was her child her dog also had lost his back leg and it was infected and had to be removed it was like this whole thing well every time and i was getting this from the dog not that the dog cared that his back leg was missing because he didn't even he just they just move on you know like they don't they're i guess of course my leg's not there so you know they don't sit there and wallow in anything that's just not how they are but what was interesting was he was showing me that every time his owner was coming up to him he was picking up this feeling of insecurity and pity and weakness so the, it's funny because the owner was, oh my gosh, my poor dog, look at him. What's he doing? Is he okay? Is he in pain? He can't run with the other dogs. He has a limp. He's hobbling, you know, all these things. And, you know, the dog was picking up on that is like, oh my gosh, she's, she's having a weakness. Like her, her energy's weak. 
that's how the dogs show me. Animals are very big into like energy hierarchies. They don't judge you for it, but like if your if your energy is a little bit like unstable, they'll show it to me, and then they feel like they have to take over for you. Dogs, especially, it's kind of like an alpha thing. So you know, in the pack, they, they think of you as a dog, you know, another dog. So if you're like walking around, kind of like with that pity, is like an unstable energy, they pick it up as like, oh wow, are you okay? Like that, and it's not helping anything. And any sort of like behavior that they show you, like, yeah, I'm sad or whatever, like they're just giving you kind of like a response to your behavior. I hope this makes sense. Um, Okay. They're very deep reflectors, your animals, of what's going on with us. This is deep. Okay. This next story I'm about to share with you. It's, I mean, this stuff happens all the time. I'm always telling Scott all these stories, but like this one stuck with me because it was actually like super deep. All right. This young girl had a dog. All right. So she lived with her dog and they lived together. Big dog, sweet dog, perfectly behaved dog, well-behaved dog. Um, you know, kind of like a mixed breed or whatever, little goofy looking. Maybe if you didn't know a lot about dogs, you'd be scared of the dog. Okay. Cause it was kind of big and kind of goofy a little, you know, and this girl, she had a very tough, who I was reading, she had a very tough relationship with her own mother. Her mother was very, I told you so, yellow, which means like my way is the only way. Very critiquing of her daughter her entire life. Everything was a critique from day one. What are you wearing? What are you doing? Who does that? Don't talk like that. Don't say this. Do this. What are you bringing? All that. Like constantly critiquing her. And that was their relationship. So like the mom would always critique the daughter. So we get, you know, the whole reading goes on. I look at the dog and I could have skipped the whole reading, just looked at the dog and understood what the relationship dynamic was between the mom and the daughter, just based on the dog. Because what was happening was the dog was showing me jumping all over the mom and my client, the young woman, the daughter, she was like, yeah, every time this dog meets my mother, he acts completely different. He's like insane. He's naughty. He acts ridiculous. Like, and my mom uh, is like appalled and doesn't understand why I have a dog like this and thinks I'm like this awful, I have no, uh, whatever, self-confidence and I can't like contain my dog or I don't have, I need to go to behavior training classes and all these things. And I got it so clearly just looking at the dog, the dog understands that your relationship with your mother is about criticism. So in order to create the normalcy, what you and your mother actually deem as a normal vibration, the dog creates chaos so that you can be critiqued. And that happened every time they hung out. And the dog was showing me like, I'm just doing you a favor because this is the relationship that's normal for you and your mother. So I'm just bringing the energy to that place where she can critique you and that's normal for you. And that's what you want, right? Dogs are very psychic. They bring out the subconscious. Here's the thing. You can say and think whatever you want. And this is goes for manifesting and the universe in general. We can go around and say whatever we want. We can think whatever we want. But real- there's a reality that happens all the time that we're unaware of. And if you don't match what you're saying and thinking to reality, you're never going to get anywhere. That's what manifesting is about. When we talk about manifesting, it's like aligning our thoughts and emotions to our intentions. Like you have to see what's actually going on 
and align your thoughts and, and make changes so that it all is a cohesive flow. But most of the time, it's not for a lot of us. Like, well, like I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm good and I want a different relationship with my mom than the one I have. Well, the dog picks up immediately. Your actions show that actually you don't. And your thoughts and your emotions and your vibrations around your mother show that you don't. You're very submissive to her. And I will just step in and be the chaos that you need to feel more comfortable. Because when, when there's chaos between you and your mother, you're more comfortable and I'm your dog. So I'm picking up and, and creating that for you so that you're more comfortable. So back to the whole universe thing where animals will show you exactly how you're approaching the universe. How many other places in her life was this, was this young girl creating chaos so she felt comfortable, creating places for people to critique her so she felt comfortable? Because remember, we, like, I, like I always say, we don't do what's good for us. We do what's normal for us unless we figure it out and change it. So deep, right? I mean, that's what, that's the, that's what I'm talking about with our animals. They do these things for us. And then... <laughs> And if you notice that sometimes a lot of the behavior things that are going on with them is really just a reflection of what you feel you need. Biggest question I ever get asked, do dogs have auras? <laughs> so cute. I love getting this. You know, yes and no. They're either like, just the way I see them, they're blue or red. The way I don't, I look at people with aura colors. Like that's how I tune into people. I go right into their energy with pets. It's not that way. I need a picture of their eyes and I just connect to their energy. And they're actually very easy to speak to. And you're speaking to your pets all the time. So right now, anytime you talk to your dog or your cat or your horse, like they get it because they might not understand the words that you're saying, but the energy that is associated with those words, they pick up and you know they do because we all talk to our cats. I mean, we all talk to our dogs. We all do that. And I think like if you, I don't care the biggest skeptic knows that the dog can understand them to a certain extent. And because they can, like you can have a conversation with your animal. Um, but they actually, the aura color thing, I don't need to do that with them because they're, they're always, it's like a ring of energy around them. If you just jump into it, they're very communicative. Some animals more than others are more communicative. And I think we've all had that animal that's a little more with it than your other animals. I mean, it depends. But some of the more with it animals are definitely easy to communicate and are constantly communicating. And I don't need, I don't really need to jump into their auras to communicate with them. It's just kind of like out there for everybody. They're not as like, they're not boundaried up, I guess is my point. Like there's no walls around them and they're very one with the energy around them all the time. They flow with the environment, whereas the rest of it, we get very walled off. So I have to kind of jump into your space. Also, there's more permission I need to go into your energy when I do a reading for, for you, for like a person. There are spirit guides and there's your own higher self. And I need to, you know, make sure that you feel comfortable for me to come in there. It has to be a mutually exclusive, a mutual um a mutual agreement between the two of us that I can jump into your energy, do the reading and jump out. Or even if I'm reading like a star or celebrity, it's just kind of like whatever their energy around them says. It's like kind of the, the bulletin board of their life is in their aura. But animals aren't like that. There's really no space or time with how animals communicate. They just pop in. So what that means is I'll be doing a reading for somebody like on the phone and all of a sudden, like in my third eye vision, a dog just pops in like that, ah, like just jumps up into my third eye vision. Or 
a cat will just kind of like stroll by like cats do in my vision. And that's because they, they ride your energy. So wherever you go, your animals kind of like send their vibes with you. It's really cool and I don't quite understand it myself, but they ride your energy to communicate during a reading with me anyways. So sometimes like when I'm doing um, a reading for somebody, we start talking about the dog. The dog will like start whining or the cat will not leave the person I'm reading alone or, or little things like that because they know. They know that they're in, engaging in a communication moment with me. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Dogs. Let's go into dogs specifically for a minute. All right. Like I said, dogs show me pictures. They show me feelings. They show me physical feelings too. And again, they don't use words to talk. They send me those things. And I get kind of, I get feelings, which I give words to because I'm a person. But a lot of the time I just get like feelings. And a lot of times because dogs are dogs, I'll taste things or I'll smell things. Taste and smell for a dog, I mean, that's very spiritual for them. Like that's their, that's their lifeline, their taste and their smell. So a lot of times they'll show me things and then in my reading I'll start kind of like shadow tasting it or shadow smelling it and it's a psychic skill and you probably can do it too it's just something that I've learned really to do well through animals so for example the other day somebody sent me a picture of their dog and they're like what's going on with with my dog and I got a metallic taste in my mouth like oh I don't like this taste um turned out this dog was taking medication for something didn't like the medication. I mean, that's the other thing. Dogs don't always know what's going on with them physically and they won't make the connection between like what's going on with them physically and what, so like if you're giving a dog medicine for something, they're just like, whoa, what are you doing? And they have no understanding that it like makes them better. (laughs) They're very in the moment. So, um, yeah, anyway, so the dog was giving me the metallic taste in my mouth, but sometimes it's grosser. Like I had this dog, (laughs) this little dog, (laughs) And I just got this need to lick, like lick, because that'll happen to me too. Like, I feel like I need to lick. And I was getting this sense of licking a butt (laughs) and the dog licks his own butt too much. And the owners were like, it's so embarrassing. We don't know how to stop it. It's horrible. And I just got this feeling from the dog, like, I can't help it. And I just can't, I can't, I can't help it. I don't know why I do it like that. Um, Almost like, I don't know why I do it either, man. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll. Take, all the time these poor dogs they feel bad about it but they also feel like like sorry I can't stop like I know when a dog's eating like cat poo out of the kitty litter kitty litter treats you know I they'll show me that and I have to taste it during a reading I mean this is really gross I'm sharing with you my nitty gritty nasty stuff that these dogs show me 
a little better. Once one time, it was really cool. This dog, I was reading this woman, and I'm like, do you give your dog? Because I, I feel like I'm tasting like stringy meat. Do you give this dog like Slim Jims or like it, it was like that's what it felt like in my mouth, like a leathery stringy meat. And she's like, that is so freaky. She's like, I actually feed the dog. She was, I guess she, I don't know how you do this, but she's raising the dog vegetarian or something. And every morning she gives him string cheese. Well, he thinks it's meat, you know? So like, that's cool because he was giving me kind of like the feeling that it was meat and, but the stringiness. And then it was like, yeah, every morning is what I, and he was just saying like, Hey, I like that. I like that part of our day. So they'll give me stuff like that. Um, oh, sometimes dogs like who are feet lickers or something, they'll show me like, I'll just get all of a sudden this overwhelming urge. I want to lick someone's feet. It's disgusting and it passes. Okay. It's very, I promise I'm not that odd. I know this is weird, but I'll get it. And I'll just have, because they get, you know how dogs get fixated. If you've had a dog, you know what I'm talking about? Like they'll get fixated on something and you're like, stop licking your, like they'll lick their paw too much. Or, you know, they're a, they lick the lotion off your legs or something like that. And you, they can't help it. I'll get that same fixation feeling because they're just trying to show you that that's also something that they're aware of, but they also can't stop it. Um, emotional dog. Um, um, dogs are very emotional creatures in that they are extremely aware of where you're at all the time, both mentally and physically. Just this week, I was reading a dog and she was showing me how she nibbles on hands and she doesn't like when people aren't in the same room. And yeah, I guess the dog very upset. If not, everyone's in the same TV room together. The whole family isn't in and she will go into people's rooms and kind of like gently gnaw on their hands and, and kind of try to get them to all be together. Dogs have separation anxiety a lot. Um, depending on the dog, if you have a dog that you can tell like cannot handle you going i'm telling you right now another animal helps them even if it's a cat like another animal does help them because some dogs just for whatever reason well i i know what it is they feel like they need to take care of you so especially if the dog has alpha energy meaning you're the type of person that can't be the more in control one in the relationship so if you have any and this is me in every animal relationships i've ever had okay so don't this isn't me being like any sort of expert. I'm just telling you what I get. Um, let's say you have to go to work, but you're also kind of like the dog feels like you're in charge, like the dog's in charge. The dog's the alpha over you. They can get horrific separation anxiety. This doesn't happen with dogs who have a very secure and well, I don't know, alpha human. Green aura, green aura people are really good at being alphas in dog relationships. So those are the people that are like, all right, you know, buddy, I'll be home. Bye. And the dog's like, okay, cool. Because the dog, all that control is gone. They're not the alpha. They don't, they know they don't have to take care of you. That's your thing. You take care of them. So when you go to work and come back, they're, they're fine. If your dog has like a lot of anxiety, the way I read it is that a lot of times they feel like they have to take care of you. You just left them and they don't know where you are right now to take care of you. Cause they always need you around cause you're, they're in charge. Oh gosh, this was this is a good story. Um, okay, woman, uh, divorced, three kids, and a Chihuahua. She her arrangement with her ex husband is the dogs, the dog goes with the kids, so they you know do a fifty fifty split. But the dog goes with the three kids, so you when it's your turn, you get the three kids and the Chihuahua every time. The ex 
has a girlfriend, all right? And they spend the kids, instead of going to the ex's house, they'll go to the girlfriend's house when it's, when it's the ex's time. She shows me a picture of the chihuahua. I immediately see a blonde woman who doesn't like him. He just shows me that. No pity, no self-pity, no sadness, no like, woe is to me, just a very strong image of a blonde woman who does not like him and he's not welcome. She tells me that what happens is she doesn't want the dog in the house. So the dog stays at the ex's house while all the kids go to her house. Worst thing you can do is separate a pack. I mean, it's just awful. And the dog was showing me this intent because this chihuahua's job is the kids. So when you take the kids away from the chihuahua, this poor chihuahua was like beside itself with just separation anxiety and just showing me like that it's, it's awful. Good thing is dogs don't really have a sense of space or time, thank God, the way that we do. So as soon as you take a dog out of a situation like that, they're in the present moment. But just the way the dog showed me the girlfriend, like just, and, and the girlfriend just didn't want a dog in the house. That's all. She doesn't like dogs. She just thinks they're messy and she doesn't want the dog in her house. And the dog's fine. The dog stays at the ex's house, but he's alone like for that half a week, all alone without the kids. And so I, of course I made the whole, my this poor girl felt terrible and she's like, maybe I should just keep the dog full time. And you know, so I don't know, they'll probably have to work that out or whatever. I didn't mean to make her feel bad, but that's what was going on. And the dog was just very clear about it. Um, okay. Alpha energy. Like I said, what is it really? Alphas aren't loud, yelling, mean people. That's not what an alpha is. An alpha energy in the dog world and human world too is a well-respected, secure leader who makes strong choices based on the pack or, or making sure everybody around them is safe and secure. And they want respect and they're the ones in charge and dogs really, dogs need that. So Depending on the type of person you are and the type of dog you are, if you're not an alpha personality, then you need a dog that can handle being alpha without like going crazy on you. By the way, I am not a dog training professional at all. My, like I said, my whole life, all my animals have always walked all over me. So I'm not even like good at this stuff. I just read it and I just, I don't want to fix it. I'm just telling you I read it. So Alpha energy in a dog, if the dog is like a normal dog that's not going to bite or not going to like have nervous breakdowns, like those are the dogs that can't handle the alpha energy. Just like us, not all of us can handle being leaders. You stick me in a leadership position, you're going to see me have a nervous breakdown. All right. But like some people are great at being leaders and some dogs are too. And then they, but some dogs aren't. And the ones that aren't are the ones that get in trouble. They're the ones that bite or they're the ones that whine or bark too much or people end up being like, I have to get rid of this dog, this dog. It's really just you're not alpha and you picked a dog that doesn't know how to be. That's why it's so important to get a dog that works with you. Anyways, dogs will tell me right away who the most balanced person in the house is. And if it's no one, it's them. And like I said, depending on the dog, this can be where problems start. They feel your anxiety. If you're nervous about walking them or stressed about how they enter a house, like they, they show me this and they pick it up. I had this yellow aura lady, um, yellow auras are organized for, you know, and they like things a certain way. 
Uh, but the dog was showing me, oh man, like the dog showed me every time walking through the threshold of their back patio, there was stress and the dog didn't know why there was stress, but there's stress. So I'm like, what's going on when the dog comes in out of the back patio? And I, I saw it because I remote visualized the whole mud room and everything. I'm like, what goes on? And I, I had a hunch that it was like the dirtiness factor of the paws, but she's like, well, that's where we have a whole wipe down session. I'm like, well, the dogs are picking it up. They, they know this is like a thing for you. They do not associate it to the fact that they're dirty because dogs would never think that's an issue, but they know that in that moment, in that room, they associate it with like a whole energy ordeal off of you. <laughs> they pick it up. Um, yeah. Okay. So, oh, health stuff. They know when something's off with you. They know when something's off with themselves. They might not always know what though. So I'll get like, like when I do like a, I can only get what the dog tells me. So sometimes if I do a reading on somebody, I'm like, oh, what's like my tooth is bothering me. Like I'll feel like a tooth. I'm like, oh, my tooth is really bothering me. Ooh, it hurts. And then the owner can be like, oh yeah, well we just, we have to get that one removed or there's something going on there or let me look, you know, things like that. They don't know why. And it might not even stop them from like chewing on their favorite bone or something because they don't make the connection. They're just like, why? Like that. But they'll show me that, but they won't give me why. So if somebody gives me a picture, for example, of like, what's going on with my dog with some mysterious illness? Like, I'll probably just get the symptoms that the dog's giving me, not what's actually happening. That's why, like, I would take all those and tell the doctor. And then the doctor could be like, well, let's run these tests or whatever. So that's what I do in those kind of situations. Like, I'm getting this, 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 this. Maybe go tell the vet and maybe they can just test for a couple more things. I don't know. You know, that's not my forte. But yeah, but just coming, I'll just get the info that the dogs give me. Just like when one's lost, like if a dog's lost or a cat's lost, sometimes if I can connect to them, they show me what's around them in a remote viewing way. But I don't know where I am because they don't know where they are. The other thing with dogs is they'll show me if they kind of go into, I like call it instinct mode. So that's why some dogs... You can't let them off the leash and you know your dog. If your dog goes into instinct mode, meaning they see a squirrel or something, could be three miles later, it's like they blank out and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, where am I? Where's mom? Where am I? Who am I? What's going on? That's how dogs get lost because they go into their instinct mode and they're not connected to anything except like they're fixated. Some dogs are like that. And if you have a dog like that, you know, you can't leave it off the leash, but then it might not understand it needs the leash and why it needs the leash. So they don't always make connections with the logic the way we do. Dogs do correct behavior. So if in each other and in you, and depending on the personality of your dog, that's why like sometimes if I see an insecure dog... I'll get like they're scared of other dogs. And that's because they know if they go hang out at the dog park, they're going to get bit because they don't. I think we call it like dog manners. Like, you know, if your dog doesn't have dog manners and you stick them with a bunch of other dogs, all the other dogs will take care of that because they don't like whack energy. Dogs like very chill, calm energy. And like dogs actually work best and promote, promote really good energy with you when you get on that wavelength with them. That's why sometimes like when a dog is like crying, like let's say it's thundering or something and they're crying, don't like pet them or encourage that behavior with pity or just like, oh my gosh, come here, baby. It's more just kind of like let them be, ignore them, you know, give them their safe things, but like ignore them and then more give them attention when they're in in a calm mode because they're really big on the behavior, the behavioral training stuff. They just, they associate continuing to do something with the attention they receive, 
which we're all like that too, but dogs are kind of more instant about it. So you can actually make them less nervous and less stressed by ignoring them when they are, and as long as it's safe and all that stuff, ignoring them when they are and giving them more attention when they're, when they're calm. And that promotes the calm behavior, and that means that when they go and meet other dogs and other people for that matter, they're calmer. Just promoting that, that energy, calm energy is really good for them. Um, oh gosh, a while ago I read somebody who was pregnant. She was so worried about her dog. And I mean, honestly, the th- and I just got this from this particular reading, but I think it's good for everybody. Dogs need jobs. So if you're having a baby or you don't know what to do, the dog needs a job. If I'm feeding the baby, come, come here, sit down. I mean, they think that's a job. Sit next to me. All right, we're putting the baby down. Follow me. All right, sniff, sniff. Let's go. I mean, that they think that's a job. So just give them a job. It really makes a big difference. They love a job. Smell is an emotional connection for them. They smell issues. They smell emotional problems. They smell physical issues. It's really the last thing to go on them. And honestly, a lot of times when they die, uh, if they lose smell, they don't want to be here. They really don't. It's their. It's what they need. And a lot of times, like in the past, kind of like when they pass, when I go go to their transition, they'll show me their last smells, which is usually you or a blanket that you gave them or the metal of the table they were on at the vet or something like that. I'll get things like that on it. And it's just, that's their thing. That's how they communicate. All right, let's talk about cats. I mean, honestly, everything you think you know about cats, you do. <laughs> they're, they're, they're different than dogs. And that they care about you too, but, okay? And we all know the but, but. Like, you do you. You know what I mean? That's kind of how cats are. <laughs> like, they're not... They're not so into correcting you or fixing you. They're like, "Mm, no. (laughs) They're very much in charge. That's why if you stick them, that's why I said earlier, like if you have an insecure dog and and you stick a cat with them, because the cat will just, if you need an instant alpha in the house and you know it's not you, get a cat. They'll just take over and do it for you. And then everybody's chill. Cats do have a favorite. They do play favorites. It's true. I think we all suspected this. It's true. I'll read a cat and I can tell exactly who the favorite is. Just, I mean, this, oh my gosh, this, I mean, when was this? Two weeks ago? I don't even remember. Looks at a cat. I could tell immediately the woman had mom issues because the cat showed me the woman as her baby. The cat was mothering her owner. That's how cats are. They'll mother you. Here, I'll do it for you. Even boy cats, they'll mother you. Uh, cats will show me if they're not allowed in a room or they're not allowed on things or if you have a roommate that doesn't like them. Oh, they'll show me and they'll challenge. They don't, and they will never think you're right. Like, doesn't matter what you think you're wrong. Like if they're not allowed in a room, they'll try to, they'll continuously try to challenge that. It's just how they are. They're very territorial and they're not pleasers, but we know all that about cats. The thing with cats is it's their house. You're living in it. And, and it's not like dogs where you can kind of, uh, switch that around or, or do the alpha thing. No, it's just not going to work. It's their house and you're living in it. They will totally attack weakness. They just will. Like if somebody's acting nuts, they will. I mean, that's why a lot of times they attack or scratch or whatever. Um, oh, I had this, I have this lovely client. She's a veterinarian and her, her animals are her children. And she had this dog. Dog was so sick 
had cancer. She brought him back from cancer, got it again. I mean, she was a vet, so she had like the means and the wherewithal to keep the animal, to keep the dog comfortable and to do all these things, okay, and afford it and all that stuff. So she tried. She tried to save him. Anyways, there's this cat, and the cat took on her. So the cat and her, because the cat was showing me this, was taking care of the dog too. And what was crazy is when the when the dog's cancer came back, the cat developed this crazy, weird, like, autoimmune issue. Cats absorb you. They're very psychically bonded to you. When you're going through something, they'll go through it too. I mean, who lays with you when you're sick? I mean, if you've had a cat, you get it. Like, they lay with you. They'll stay with you all day. They definitely can tell when you're under the weather, and they will try to take some of that energy from you. I mean, this cat was above and beyond. And as soon as the, the dog did have to be put down, and, and now the, the cat's on the mend because he's not absorbing this as much anymore. But they really kind of, the cat was showing me, I'm teaming up with mom to take care of the dog. It's really amazing. Cats are very concerned where their food dishes very. They don't want to share it with the other animals. These are big things. <laughs> they have very strong opinions about people in the house, and they are not afraid to tell me who's smart and who's not, especially when it comes to the other animals. Like, they will tell me who's with it and who's not with it. I mean, cats are very communicative. Some cats are a little nuts. I mean, it's true. They're a little, like, woo, flighty, or they're the ones hiding under things all the time or whatever. Those cats are, like, less talkers. I mean, but there's always that one confident cat that can come through and really talk to me. And then the ones that aren't as, like, maybe the cats that are more feral or something, they kind of talk more inside their own heads, which is hard to explain. Cats are very honest, too. Had a reading with a woman. She had a cat and a dog. And the cat showed me that it was really, even though a man lived there, it was really all about the cat, the owner, and the dog. Like, that was the family. And the cat was like, that's the family. And kind of like flippant towards the guy. And then the dog was showing me how the owner was a happier and more confident energy when the guy was around too. But between the two animals, like if I looked at nothing else in the whole reading, I, and I didn't see his picture, I would know that there were problems in their relationship. And there were a lot of problems in the relationship. And the cat did not like him. And the cat was showing that he was gone a lot, and he was. And the dog was showing me that they felt like more of a pack when he was around. But that was really because of the girl I was reading. She felt that way. She felt she wasn't complete unless he was around. So the dog was feeling like things weren't complete unless he was around. But he was really, but the cat was like, we don't need him. And honestly, just then I saw his picture. I'm like, yeah, we don't need him, <laughs> you know? So the cat was right. But dogs are kind of more pleasers that way. They're going to do for you what you want, even if it's not always the best thing sometimes. But cat, because they just think that, they just think, they just look at your energy. The cats, cats are a little bit more objective. Okay. Horses. I've never had a horse. Not around horses a lot. But let me tell you something. I love reading horses. Horses are probably, man, they are such, they're the most, they speak most like people. So they're very psychic. They're actually super intelligent. And the way that they talk, 
I mean, with quotes around it, their pictures that they send and the feelings and the emotions are very succinct and very high level. I don't know if it's because they're kind of like, um, I don't know, what is it? They're prey animals, right? I don't know. And they, and they, live, in, they live in communities together naturally. So they're good at sending telepathic messages because that's really what it feels like. They really speak with a lot of telepathy. Anyways, they're brilliant communicators. And whenever I get to read a horse, I'm excited because they get very specific about things. They're very, they're, they each have their like own little quirks about what they, what side they like or how they like to be ridden, who they prefer riding them. They're very good with healing people because they reflect your energy so brilliantly. So I just think that anytime you can get your kids around horses, especially kids with maybe developmental disabilities or or special needs. I think that that's really, really beautiful because horses pick up and understand so quickly who you are and what you need. And the right horse will accommodate for that. It's just nice. Um, okay. So that's just horses. I don't want to do quick on horses. I mean, not, I know horse people get it. They love them. Okay. Mediumship. All right. When I read pets who have passed, they feel the same as the ones that are alive. So this is kind of crazy in my own world. The diff- So how to just compare it to people. When I read people who've passed, they talk to me easier than people who are not passed. Like when I'm talking, like when I look at a picture of your cousin, okay, you're like, here's a picture of my cousin. What's his aura color? Like he's not talking to me because he's like living his life somewhere. So I'm not, I, I can read his aura and pick up things from the aura and how it affects you, but I can't like talk to him. But let's say, God forbid, your cousin had passed and I see a picture of him. Now he can talk to me in a mediumship connection. Now he can speak to me. So dogs and cats and horses, there's no difference. So when I see a picture of them, they're talking to me, dead or alive. How do they do this? I, I truly don't know. I think they're just so uh, on both sides at the same time. They're just very one with the universe. They're really like that. What do they say? Like dog is God backwards, right? You know, I really do feel that they're spiritual conduits between the the two worlds. And I think if you have an animal, you understand that. They're pure love, which is the number one conduit of spiritual energy. Pets who die are 1000% waiting for us. I mean, I see it too much to not believe it. That Rainbow Bridge poem like kills me every time because I feel like it's something like that. They are on the other side, but they're, they'll, they'll come for you. When it's your time to join them, you'll see them again. We bond to them so strongly that they're a part of us forever. Like you may have let go of the pain and loss of the dog who died when you're 12, but promise me, like if that dog just showed up today, you, it would all flood back to you immediately. And and I really feel that that's what happens when we pass. And I've done enough mediumship readings with people and, and I'll see somebody's dog. I'm like, what's this? Oh, yeah, that was our dog. You know, I'll see that all the time. They, they reunite. And the other thing is they'll visit you. They'll, they, I mean, you might, I mean, this happened to me several times. I've had a cat jump on the, what's that? You know, you're laying in bed, the cat died, but all of a sudden you feel the cat jump on the bed just the way the cat did when it was alive. Even though you don't see anything, you feel it. You feel the cat walking up to you, you feel the cat cuddling with you. Or I think I've talked about this on the podcast. You have dreams, visitation dreams from your animals who've died. Just like, I think I talked about this. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but my parents' dog then who 
lived with me until I got married. So like I had the dog too, but then I got married and then the dog died. Anyways, dog died. He was 14. And two days after he died, I had this such vivid dream. Now this dog was in Buffalo and I'm in Florida, such a vivid dream. And I, I see Ben, I'm like, Ben, and I'm, I hug him. And it's so weird. Cause I felt like a gooey wound on the back of his neck. I'm like, what's that? That's weird. But it was enough for me to like remember. And the next day I called my dad, who's so close to Ben. I'm like, I told him about the dream. And I said, what's this? It's weird. I felt he, it's almost like he wanted me to feel the gooey wound on the back of his neck. And my dad's like, oh my gosh, yes. I didn't tell you because he didn't tell me. But I mean, the dog had like a million things wrong with him. Okay, he was 14. And one of the things was there was just this like weird wound on the back of his neck that kept opening up a week before he died of something completely different. And it was just, I feel like it was his way because there was no way I would have known it to be like, that was really me. And that was a really, that was really a visitation. So you, you can have visitation dreams with the dogs and cats and it feels very real. Craziest thing. Have you ever had a cat or dog act just like a pet who has died? Have you? Your cat jumps in the bathtub just like your dead cat did. You're like, huh? what are you doing? Or you have a dog put his paw on you or touch your face the way the, your dead cat did or the dog do something the other dead dog did and they didn't know each other or whatever. So dogs are, and cats are natural mediums. They have an ability to channel other pets who have died. They're actually able to channel the pets around us in spirit. And it, it's, it's how they show us love. They can kind of step aside. They're still there and they just let the animal who's passed drive the bus for a minute, drive, you know, kind of like come through them. They can be a conduit so they can say hi. It's what they do. And that is everything I can possibly think of. <laughs> this is long. I want to hear, I mean, there's no more beautiful stories than your stories about how your animals have touched your lives and shown you love and healed you and communicated with you. And I hope you get to see your animals in a new light now and also feel more confident speaking with them and channeling energy with them back and forth. Um, they're beautiful, intelligent creatures and they're not people. And isn't that great? <laughs> isn't that great? They're not people. They're not people, which makes them just why we can handle them sometimes and why we need them in our life. They're healing, wonderful creatures. And I am so thankful for them. They're truly one of the best gifts we have on this earth plane. Our animals are. They are 100% pure conduits of unconditional love, most similar as you can find on this earth plane to that which is bigger than us, that which is greater than us. And it's just a lovely way to tap into that. I absolutely loved spending time with you today. You know, this podcast is for you and about you. And I am so glad that you spent some time with me today. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on on your podcast app.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.